When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. And I'm Greer McVeigh. Hi, Whitney. Hello, Greer. How are you? I'm fine. Happy New Year. I don't think we've recorded. <laughs> I know. I was just year. about to say that. It was like, have we, uh, you know, I missed, I missed a week. I might have missed two. Or weeks. two. <laughs> or two. Oh, my gosh. I think I've been, I feel like I've been under a rock for the, the last, you know, couple of weeks. And I'm just, I'm coming up for air. There's just a well, lot it's going a good on. Thing. It's a good thing because it gave us content. <laughs> because that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, your, under a rock. Let's talk about my rock. Sort of your under a rock and, you know, the things that you've been doing the last couple of weeks that are extremely important things, right? Yeah, there are a lot of things that needed to be done. Some stuff that are that uh, some stuff professional, some stuff personal. Uh, one of the main things was getting my son off to back off to school. So that's uh, school starts in just a couple of days. This new semester, and just dealing with some of that stuff, which I know we're going to talk about. But can I just say? Why am I still dealing with your stuff when you're a grown man? <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this, but it's like so you're grown. maybe that'll have to that'll have to be a, a down the line episode, right? Because you are not the only person who is in the typical empty nest phase of life who still has a child at home or in and out of your home, right? So it, it, it is a thing now. When we were kids, nobody was, like, was looking bye. to come back. Nobody <laughs> was looking to come back. What is that about? What is, okay, I'm not talking about my child in particular, but um, when, you're right. When, when I turned 18 or, I don't know, 16, 12, I don't know. I was like, when could I get up out of here? And it wasn't that I, you know, we didn't live in a bad home or anything. It was just that we were grown and you wanted to do your own thing and have your own space. 
And these kids today just don't want to move. They, you know, and yes, it's easy. I guess it's easy to stay at home with your parents and let them pay the bills. And, but it's like, I was like, no, I'll get a job. I, let me get a job so I can yeah, move out, it, so I can have my own Being place. autonomous, just, being autonomous was absolutely the thing. I don't know when that changed. And I, they, didn't want a dri- they didn't want a driver's license. That's freedom. <laughs> somewhere between my son turning 16, and he was desperate to get a driver's license. So okay. somewhere between then and now, because it's not just, like you said, it wasn't just your son. There are, I know lots of people whose children weren't itching to get a driver's license. I had to on. bribe him to get a license. It's like, well, if you get a license, I'll, get, yeah, I'll give, I'll pay you to get a license. I'll buy yeah, let you me a buy car. you a car. Let me, you know, I'll pay the insurance. I'll pay the gas. I, I'll do everything. I think that's where you went wrong. Well, okay. I'm exaggerating. I am a sucker mom. I'm exaggerating well, slightly. True. I did buy him a car. I do pay the insurance, but I'm like, you have to do the upkeep. And then he doesn't. Okay, he how's home, that working out for He you? was home from school from Thanksgiving to just now. So he was home for 60 days. It actually was exactly 60 days. It was like, you need to get, get an oil change for your car. That car is sitting out there with the same old oil that it had 65 <laughs> days ago. And I'm like, I, I just, it's like, you can't drive down to Jiffy Lube. I don't. Sorry, why Jiffy would I, Lube, why would Jiffy I do Lube that? doesn't I pay to. us a fee, so I can't say the name. <laughs> why would I do that if I don't have to? You'll probably get the oil change because you're responsible like that, and you don't want the car to not have an oil change. So, but you're right, and I think this is an episode that we'll have to do exploring, doing some research, <laughs> exploring what this <laughs> phenomenon is. Because oh my God. So, is, so have we turned the corner astounding. to actually doing the podcast or are we still in the introductory phase of this podcast? Since this always, is what we're going to talk about today. We're always in the phase <laughs> of doing the podcast. So you don't ever have to ask that question, but we, we are shifting. We're going to talk about empty nests uh, having an empty nest and Greer and I entered our empty nest phase in two totally different ways. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And so we're going to talk about the growing pains of um, being an empty nester. And there's a process, right? There is a, a transition that takes us from a place where we are full on in parent mode. And then I guess there's a place where we're looking forward to and simultaneously dreading maybe this change. Uh, You're shaking your head no. I did not, I wasn't (laughs) dreading anything. I think most parents, and maybe dread is an overstatement, but you know, that your children are leaving, that, you know, you're used to having them there all the time, caring for them, looking out for them. And I will say this, when I became an empty nester, and if this is your first time listening to our podcast, first of all, I'm Whitney, and 
Whitney, uh, my son passed away in 2005. And so the, I won't count the immediate months after his death, um, but there came a point in time when it was, it's like, I'm here by myself, right? I mean, it was just like one of those days you have a realization, I'm actually here in this house by myself. And um, I wasn't remarried at the time. So it was just me. I didn't have a dog either. And so, I mean, it really was just me. And that wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And so I had to sit with that. I mean, in addition to what I was already dealing with, I had actually had to stop and deal with, you know, you're, you've got an empty nest. I don't know that I said those words to myself, empty nest, but it, it was, it, you have to deal with this. And so the, the place I would suggest that one starts, of course, is just acknowledging the situation, right? Acknowledging the, the fact that, that it is the situation that you find yourself in and to accept whatever feelings you're having about that. And so in the ordinary course of things, right? It is our children grow up, they either leave and go off to college or they get a job and they leave and start their lives as adults. So whether they, that includes college or military or what have you, at some point we expect our children to grow up and leave. But at the same time, it's, it's bittersweet because you've spent 17, 16, 17, 18, 19 years um, anything beyond that is a whole other story. It's a whole other situation like that we need to talk Fred about. Fred Lamont Sanford. But somewhere between 16 and 19, you know, are, I think it's pretty clear that you're expecting your children to begin their transition into adulthood and ultimately leave. And while you may be looking forward to that day for lots of reasons, it comes with some emotional, I, I, not baggage, but so there, there are some emotions some emotions. That are tied in that. There are some emotions <laughs> that are yeah. tied in that. And I remember before like getting to the empty nest phase, when Theron was getting ready to go to high school, I remember having a moment. I was like, I'm old. Right. And I and it wasn't that I was old, but having a, something about having a high school kid just says you're old. And then when he was getting ready to graduate from high school, it, it was you're reiterated. Like, I'm really old. <laughs> you're like, I was I'm four years older than old. <laughs> and so the funny part of that is. So 16 years later, almost 16 years later, I don't feel old at all, right? But it, it, a lot has happened and has changed in my life. And of course, the empty nest part of my life became an absolute necessity because of the, the tragedy of the accident and his death. So um, a little different than having your your child or children, 
particularly your last child, if you have multiple children, actually making that transition into adulthood. So I, I just say that the, that the first place you have to start is to acknowledge whatever it is you're feeling, whatever emotion you are going through, just acknowledge what it is, whether it's glee, <laughs> it's blissful glee and joy of having, you know, your life back, uh, recouping finances, or if you are, you know, if it's bittersweet for you. And yes, you're happy for them starting their new life and a new chapter, but it's a new chapter for you. And it's okay to have a little trepidation about that and, and wondering what that next phase is going to look like. And so uh, I just say, start there with what you're feeling. Well, for me, what I look at are sort of the, the two different sides, right? So there's the empty nest part of it, which is me looking at my life, right? And it's like, oh, I've got, I don't want to say I got my life back because that that's a whole different kind of and i wanted to thing. make that a yes a, a part two of this we're gonna have this discussion in two parts and make that the part two yeah but yeah. but the 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 part of you know which way do i go which way do i go i've got an emptiness i'm home i've raised my kid and all that all that goes along with that and then the part of wow, I've got an empty nest because my child is grown and moving on, right? And both can be fraught with all kinds of emotion, right? You're yes, happy, yeah. you know, I'm happy because it's like, oh, I can do what I want to do now. I can get back to focusing on me. But then I'm also like, oh my God, I've got to focus on me. <laughs> you know, that's where do I start? And, you know, what, what, you know, and so many people. And, and, and one we of the get things to have I, that discussion. When, when we went through the, the, um, the uh, uh, overcoming series, mm -hmm. you know, that was one of the things, you know, so many of the people we talked to talked about they didn't know who they were. They lost sight of themselves. They, yeah. didn't, they no longer yeah. knew who they were. So there's a whole lot of self-exploration and, you know, and maybe whatever I wanted to do with my life, you know, some of the, the hopes and dreams and plans that I may have put on hold, maybe I've done some of them or all of them or most of them, or maybe I haven't, but what I might've had in mind for myself, it, the 1990s, right? When my son was born or 20, you know, 2000, he was born 2001. But at the beginning of this millennia versus 2021, right? It's like a whole new, I don't even think, do we even have like internet? I mean, I don't even no, know. We, what, well, we have internet? Okay, it wasn't that, yeah. I don't think, no, do we have internet? Right. It was a whole new, it was, it is a whole new world. We had internet then and email and cell it phones. Was, oh, yes, Netscape and you've got mail, right? And so it was, no. <laughs> but there was no, I don't know, people weren't blogging and podcasting and, there, you know, so there's there, just a different right. landscape that we find no, ourselves absolutely in. absolutely a different landscape. And then last year, 
to add the new wrinkle, twist in the wrinkle, wrinkle in the twist, or are there two different metaphors? A new wrinkle, a twist. Wrinkle in time, I don't know. <laughs> whatever, twist, whatever. Last year adding- a twist a lemon for your lemon drop? <laughs> yes, the last year adding the coronavirus situation on top of the, the, the passage of 20 years, right? I yeah. mean, we're 20 years later um, from the, the birth of your son. And 20 and, years older, right? And so 20 years older. energy level yes. is different. My yes. interests are different. My priorities are different. I don't know what I, you know. Which, like, which is a good point that, peop uh, that people, you know, need to think about is that as we grow, our interests have changed. And so it takes having a whole new assessment of where you are in this moment rather than I'm trying to recapture back. something exactly. from 20 exactly. years ago. My hopes and dreams from 20 years ago. Well, you made some choices 20 years ago, 18 years ago, 15 years ago. And you may want to pick ago, up where you left off. I think but, one of the people but, we talked to said she was an artist fine. and you get back to that. But and other people fine. are like, I don't want to paint or Well, <laughs> and, and that's or... fine, but you need to do that from this place today, right? Yeah. Which is... I still want to paint, not, oh, I used to want to paint, so I'm going to start painting. Do you want to paint now? Regardless <laughs> of what you were into, there, there were probably some other things you were into 20 years ago that you're not going to just automatically pick up because, because you can. And the bottom line is, and I say this often, uh, what is your vision? Right. What now that you are in this place and you've got some time to actually stop and think about what it is you want and how you can move forward, what is it that you actually want? And if what you want is to paint or play tennis or sail around the world, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do was to golf around the world. I still would like to do that. Um, is like do some traveling. It would be less traveling than I imagined, let's say 20 years ago. But and traveling would, isn't what it used to be, right? It's not fun. So it it's not as fun. You're exactly. certainly getting somewhere. Get, being there may be just as fun. And if getting I could snap my fingers and be someplace <laughs> on a golf course, that would be yeah. ideal. But yeah. the likelihood that that's going to happen anytime soon is probably slim and none, but yeah, have a vision for your life, you know, so I said, start with accepting whatever you, whatever you're feeling, ambivalence, glee, you know, um, bittersweet, whatever you're feeling, sad, whatever you're feeling, accept that, and then start with getting in touch with where you are, and figuring out who you are, to your point about some of the guests that we talked to, in the overcoming series is get in touch with who you are right now. Yeah. And what and and figure out what interests you want to develop, what hobbies you may want to develop moving forward. And well, they one could of the, be past things, they could be all new things. Well, one of the things I wanted to say, so we got on the one hand, the empty nest the aspects of being an empty nester as they pertain to you, then the aspects of being an empty, empty nester as they pertain to your child or children, right? 
So just the idea that, wow, for me to, the, the fact that I'm here means that my child is grown, right? Or that they're on their own. So what is that if your whole, not your whole life, but well, some people's whole lives are around their whole, children. Yes. Um, yes. Other people yes. just, I, one of the things I noticed or, or, you know, recognized is how much, I'd almost say it's just like a habit. It's almost like being in any relationship. It's just a habit. I'm used to having him here. Yes. And yes. used to the energy of having that other person in the room. I mean, you know, the the sounds that come, whether it's noise that they make or just the, the shower or the uh, yeah. the another TV being on or, you know, getting up and making a cup of coffee or get, whatever, whatever those, that activity, that person's normal coming right. and going and their normal activities and it's just gone. So all of a sudden silence becomes you know, it could either be your friend or it could become your worst enemy, right? Right. I, it, I personally it, it, relish exactly. it. It's like, oh, silence, yay. Um, you know, but then I think for me, my, my, the part of what I expected, and I think for me, the, the, the real key to all of it is managing your own expectations. I think we have an idea in our head of what things will look like, whatever those things are. So in this particular case, being an empty nester. So I had it in my head that, oh, my son's going to go off to college. He's going to be doing his thing. I'm going to be doing my thing. And I'm going to be moving and shaking. And I'm going to get back into my, you know, the way that I was 20 years ago and, you know, whatever. And then, you know, the next thing I know, I'm like, well, you know, is he eating in the dorm? Is he getting enough food? Is he making friends? Is he getting, how's right, he doing? Right. And then of course your kid goes off to college. They don't call you, which the school did tell me that. And friends that I have told me, they're like, you know, he's not going to call you. And I'm like, yes, he is. Cause we have that kind of relationship. You just don't have that kind of relationship with your kid, but my kid. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like looking Suffer at mom. the phone and it's not ringing. And I'm like, well, it must be him. Because you know, I was like, dude, you know, but so then it's like, okay, fine. He's got his life. We got really, you know, I sort of started to settle into that. Then of course, coronavirus happened. He came back. He stayed longer than, you know, spring break. He ended up staying whatever, five months. Then he left. He went back to school for a semester. He came back and then he was here for 60 days. Now he's gone again. But in that time, all the stuff that I thought, you know, he's going to go away and he, you know, and not go away, like get up, get out of my face. You know, I'm not WC Fields over here. Right. Um, you know, get away from me, kid. You bother me. I don't mean it like that. Right. He's, right. he's going to go off to school and then somehow he's going to become, he's going to grow up. He wants up to and, live his own life. Well, right? he's, well, he's going to grow up and he's going to become this responsible you know, bill paying, business minded, managing all of his, that's what I, that was what I thought. So I was like, cause he's not going to want me in his business. So he's going to come and he's going to handle so his he'll business. Take, he'll take care of his business. To keep he'll take you care out of his it. business. Right, right. He comes back and I'm like, well, what is this bill? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't look at it. Well, how do you not look at your bill at your, you know, his like tuition statement? 
you know, what do you mean you didn't look at it? Well, I mean, you I wasn't going to pay it. <laughs> I wasn't going to pay it. Why do I need to look you're at it? You're paying it. Why? You're exactly. paying it. Why do I need to look at it? And I'm like, because it's your tuition. It's it's your, because you go to, could you, don't you want to know? No. No. <laughs> It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I'm not. Well, there were all these things that I just thought, and maybe it's a woman, a man, woman. You know, I'm a a girl, right? And women are maybe a little different. Maybe not. I don't want to make it make it a gender issue. But there were all these things that I thought that he would naturally want to just be in control of because they're his life, and that way I could stay out of it. I could stay out of his business. You know, no, I've got a car, you know, lady, back off. I'll get the oil changed. I know how to maintain my car. Well, th- that's not, <laughs> it's like, so those those kinds of expectations, managing those expectations has probably been the biggest uh, part of this. That I just, that, that, yeah. yeah, that I'm having to adjust to and trying to, in that transition, I was not prepared. I didn't prepare myself for the fact that not only do I have to continue to manage my household, mm-hmm. I've got to now manage his household from across the country <laughs> remotely because he's not managing his household. He does manage his school stuff, but not necessarily the business aspect of school. Mm. Okay. Where are you going to, where are you going to live next semester? Are you going to live in the dorm? Are you getting roommates? Do you want to live with some friends? You know, what do you want to do? I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Let me, let me think about it. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this because he doesn't like when I do that. He can listen to it. When I do that voice. Or he can listen to it and say, oh, I need to handle my business. (laughs) No, you know, that makes sense. And that actually is, you know, quite frankly, empty nest or not in relationships, managing expectations in, in yeah. is a part of that. So, so what I've it, learned so is to not have expectations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't expect other, I don't expect stuff of other people. That's me, you know, putting my, what, you know, I'm not going to ascribe behaviors to another person. Right. I've had to learn that the hard way. Um, You know, when I I certainly knew that in relationships, you know, romantic relationships. But with my kid, I guess I thought I knew him. (laughs) Because you created and you you built him. So you thought that everything that you were teaching him, right, would just. Yes, I thought he was going automatically to automatically manifest. I thought when yes. he, and when he became an adult, that he'd be like, I'm going to be just like my mom because so, she's got her stuff together. I'm going to be so just for, like her. For you listening, don't do that. <laughs> no expectations that your children are going to become little yous, even if you're used to saying many me, they're still that. So you know, I, I like that managing expectations and what other huge thing or maybe not huge thing has stood out for you as, and you have done this in essence, we'll say twice, right? Because 
while you would have expected him to come home for Christmas break or spring break or something like that, for him to have come home after coronavirus last spring and then stay in a, a period of time not knowing actually when or if that was going to end because we didn't know for the, a long time whether or not there would be in-person school, right? Yeah. And if he was going to actually come home and go to school from home or uh, do distance learning, which he could have done from home and, and, and not from the campus. So in essence, you've had to sort of go through this twice with a not really knowing what the future holds. And you know, and I don't know if if that's normal, if people send their kids off to school with the expectation that they still live here, their home, until, you know, yeah, they're I not. I certainly would say expect or, the unexpected. Okay. Right. I mean, you this is new new territory, especially if it's your only child or your first child out of the out of the gate. While everybody around you has their experiences, as it relates to, to school, yes. Huh? But your first kid doesn't create your your empty nest if you've got multiple kids. Yeah, but I'm saying not knowing at least once you've sent one off to school, you at least have some frame of reference. Right. No, right. that makes sense. With with most, uh, you know, and and just like having a child. You know, and I didn't have multiple kids, so I, I can't compare how one was compared to another. But most people I know who have kids say that they are different, different personalities, temperaments, and so on. You and I certainly had different personalities and temperaments and interests and, and things yeah. like that, right? As Along well as with the other two. As well as our others. And by the way, happy birthday, Enita. Uh, just want to put that out there. <laughs> it's it's our it's our other our older sister's oh I shouldn't say that huh it's our other sister's birthday um, so just happy birthday anyway um but when once you once you get 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 you have your expectations you think whatever you think is gonna happen and then the kid moves out and it's like a whole different ball game and just like when you have a baby. You know, everybody who's ever had a baby gives you all this advice about how to raise your baby. Right. And some of it is good advice. Some of it isn't. Most of what people told me, it was like, you could have kept that to yourself. I didn't find it particularly um, useful um, for a lot of reasons. One, because a lot of it I thought was just sort of insulting. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm a wolf? I'm a raises his wife. My baby's gonna be raised by wolves. You know, make sure you um, bundle them up. Yeah, you know, make sure you feed them. Make sure you you bathe them. I mean, what did you think I was gonna do? So there's that. But anyway, but just like everybody's experience with their baby is different because some babies are, you know, happy babies and some babies are grumpy babies and some are colicky and some are. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever kind of personality, some sleep through the night from day one, some, you know, night owls, some cry a lot. So, you know, you just get all this. So the reality is until you do it, you can't really know what it's like. Um, so 
you should expect all kinds of things. I did not, when I sent my child off to college in the fall of 2019, I did not expect that four months later, he would come home because there was a global pandemic in his school right. and the world shut down, right? I, I just couldn't have planned for that. No, no. But I was open enough and flexible enough. And it's like, okay, we're just going to roll with it, whatever it is. And similarly, you know, they go off to college and they're like, you know what? I didn't like it here. Or they go off to the military and then they come back and they're like, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I want a career in armed services. You know, you're thinking it's just a four year stint and the next thing, you know, they're general Colin Powell. So you just got to go be prepared to go with whatever it may be. And Which is a good life lesson in general, but yeah. certainly in a situation where you are it, it necessarily in a transition mode. You're you're already in transition. So to put boundaries on it or a particular framework or a set of expectations of how it needs to turn out it will probably make it a little more difficult for you to navigate that situation. So, um, you know, I, I like, again, managing expectations, expecting the unexpected, being flexible in that. Um, so I'm wondering if in the this process, and we'll talk about sort of next chapter, the next phase and some concrete things that you have done and that um, our listener can do if they're when and if they're going through this uh, and would be interested in hearing from our listeners on who have gone through this, you know, sharing on, uh, you know, either in a voice message, which you're, you can do with Anchor at anchor.fm slash life lemons lemon drop. Um, or on our Facebook page, right? Sharing some of what you have done to navigate this, to, to actually thrive through this empty nest phase, the, the transition of going from, you know, a family and to being either you or as a couple. And thinking back to overcoming and people saying that they didn't realize you know, didn't know who they were. I would imagine that it's doubly difficult if you're a couple, right? Because you don't know who you are individually and you may not recognize who you are as a couple because you have been mom and dad so long. Yeah. Right? That it becomes- um, Now you got to deal with each other. You've got (laughs) to- See, I wasn't wasn't going there. It was like you may have to get reacquainted. Let's put it that way, rather than dealing with each other. But whether it's yourself, having to deal with yourself, face yourself, uh, you just have to figure out who you are. What's your new let identity? Me ask, let me your ask new you identity this. in this chapter. Let me ask yeah. you this: Do you would you consider someone an empty nester? If they have their kid, like if they're divorced and they have their kid half the time, 
So half the time they don't have them in the house, you know, every other, you know, week or no. their dad's house this week. So that's no. not, no, even though your no. house is empty half the time. No, because would you see that as a, pre as preparation? I would see how that can possibly make it easier in the transition because it's something that you are used to, right? Or does it make it's, it harder? Spending time. I, because you already only have half the time. Now you're not going to have any time. I, you know what? We'll leave that to someone who has gone through that. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I know a couple of people. I have a, I do know someone who's having that experience and you know maybe we can I'll get her to over the course of the, the next week before we follow up to share some of those experiences just the idea that your divorce you know your divorced parent your kid spends time between the two homes mm -hmm. and now they're going away to college so you've already not gotten half the time and now they're right. going to be gone so that's that would be a you know a certain and probably more households than we might imagine, right? I mean, half oh, the, I, 50 percent of the households end in divorce, or marriages end in divorce. Certainly. Let me just let me ask this: um, or the couple of things that that I do like about this, um, it it takes some preparation, but preparing for solitude. You know, we talked about it, the, the house being just quiet, and sometimes that quiet in that quiet is where the magic can happen within you oh, absolutely you yeah. know when when you can quiet the voices and turn off the tv and turn off the turn off everything and we had talked about that i think on our first episode of lemon drops when you uh took my son you babysat him for the weekend you picked him uh -huh. up from school you dropped him off and it gave me and, and then i, I want to say i don't remember if it was which time there was one time you were like, you know what, Greer, don't talk like for the whole weekend. You right. like you have a, challenged a me to silence. Yeah, yeah, you si challenged me to silence. And you haven't been I, quiet since then. I, have, I, I, I got a lot to say, <laughs> but it was if it, it's it's an it's an unusual. I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but it's not a common place to be where there's just quiet. The phone's not ringing. The TV's not on. The radio's not on. You know, maybe you go outside and you hear birds or you hear, you know, cars and lawnmowers in the distance, but that just that, that solitude and from that solitude comes peace. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. peace is just, you know, and if you can get that kind of Zen environment with children in the house, more power to you. We probably should have those people come and be guests on Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. But we can make that happen. But generally, you know, there's just there's activity. There's getting ready for school. There's friends over. There's homework. There's you know all those kinds of things. So just having an environment that is just where you can maybe have some music playing and you know classical music or jazz or something just in the background and read a just sit quietly and read a book or a magazine or think and those Absolutely. are the, the things that i um now i have more opportunity for that and i when i have those moments it isn't all the time um but when i have those moments i just really relish it because again that's where i find you know where my problems tend to get solved because if I don't have that, then I turn to you and I'm like, hey, I got this problem. 
And then I had, I need you to solve my problem. Which but is I why I start every day in twice. meditation so that I can solve your problems when you- And I appreciate that. <laughs> but th that is absolutely the purpose of meditation, right? Which is to, as a practice, so that you can take that peace with you when chaos is, you know, all around you, whether it's from children or, you know, work, what have you, the, the whole point is to be able to take that off of your cushion, take the, the, the peace that you bring to yourself in meditation is to take that off the cushion. So I, I, I am a, big believer in quiet and solitude. I start each day that way. It is something that makes it possible for me and many people that I know uh, and just about everyone I know does some form of meditation, whether it's guided meditation or pure silence meditation, is to allow that time to be a time of thinking, dreaming, vis you know, visualizing. Um, and if you can, if you find yourself right now as you are embarking on an empty nest or continuing in the process, and, and maybe you're struggling a little bit with this, to take the time to sit in silence and just ask, you know, some basic questions going back to earlier about who am I, who, who am I in this moment, right? And ask the question, who do I want to be? Who am I becoming in, in the midst of this transition, in the midst of this transformation? Who am I becoming? What do I want? What do I want to do? What, what do I want to be? What do I want to have? Be okay with asking those questions and then just sitting and waiting for the answer. I, interestingly enough, in the course of this last week, two different people have recommended a book. You mentioned artist earlier and I have, uh, not read this book. I'd heard of it previously. And it's called The Artist's Way. Um, and what I understand is there's an exercise that says when you get up every morning to, to sort of empty your head of all the things, because we tend to wake up and just rush to get going in the morning. And if you would resist that urge to jump up, turn on the TV, turn on the news, pick up your phone, check your social media or whatever, and instead stop with pen and paper and whatever is in your head, just get it out, right? That's one of those, those practical things that will actually allow you to find some solitude, find some silence, and then let the magic happen. Let whatever answers come to the questions that you've posed for your life um, to let those answers come. And it's 
easier. I, I think I've shared this metaphor before. It is a deep, deep pot Chopra um, from his book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, I believe is the name of the book. And in it, he talks, in, he's giving this analogy of meditation and the importance of silence. And he says, if you were to throw the Empire State Building into, you know, a, a roaring ocean, right, with the waves crashing and, you know, tsunamis or, you know, whatever big waves, and you threw the, the Empire State Building in it, you, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. But if you have a still lake and you throw a, a small pebble on it, you can actually see the ripples. Mm -hmm. from that small pebble. And so it becomes about sitting in silence, dropping the pebble, which is the questions that you have to ask, and then letting it go and just waiting for the answers to come from the ripples. So, you know, I, I think it is an opportunity, like many things are being embarking on an empty nest is an opportunity if you will not fight and exactly not fight what's going on you know it could be extremely difficult it's hard for the children it's hard for parents you know um and so I have just a couple of other things that I would throw out as ways to help make the transition a little easier and then when we get into part two we'll talk about some some bigger life changes but here are a couple of things that dawned on me um starting with just accepting how you're feeling and maybe being willing to create some new traditions right so one of the things that happens is now that your kids or kids are gone you know, what is, what does that look like for dinner? The the kids are not there for dinner. It looks like fruit loops. Okay. It looks like a bowl of, a bowl of maybe uh, occasionally you have a date with your children. Right. And even before the pandemic and virtual everything, um, this would have been something that you could have done it, which was to get together and have dinner virtually. You know, not every, obviously not every night because your kid's not going to stand for that. Um, <laughs> maybe even every or any week, night, but yeah, or in, every week, but occasionally just to stay connected, right? Yeah. Um, and, and to get together and have a virtual dinner, and then um, change change your traditions, change your routines. What what are you doing? on a daily basis or weekly basis, or what were you doing on a daily and a weekly basis with your kids that you don't have to do? So now is the time to explore some new routines and how you're gonna spend that time because you have in essence recouped. That's what you get in this process. Yeah, well mine, you know, I used to, um, and and I've said this before on, on on this podcast, but there was a, I, I was never particularly a morning person until I had a child. And then 
I realized in order for me to do some things that I wanted to do, I would get up a little early mm-hmm. so that I could do what I need to do. And then it somehow he discovered that I was getting up early. So he woke up earlier. So then I woke up earlier. <laughs> like when maybe I had been waking up at eight, it's like, oh, I'll get up at seven. That gives me an hour. And then he started getting up at seven. Then I started getting up at six. And at some point, I think it was like five o'clock. And, and then he said enough up. already, huh? No, I was like, okay, forget it. Let me go back to sleep then. It's like, <laughs> that was, but as he got older, and I don't know if he would like, just maybe wake up and if it he was, was dark, he'd go back to, to you. He was and maybe it's a tune to me, you. or maybe he woke up and it was dark versus light. Or, oh, the light's on, let me get up. So I'd be up in the dark, <laughs> in a corner somewhere, trying to you know do what I needed to do. But I have gotten back to my uh, my morning routine. Um, and, and to your point, a point you made a couple minutes ago, I'd, I have stopped turning on my TV and turning on, turning my stuff on, right? Watching the movie, The Social Dilemma helped with that because I realized how addicted I am to my devices. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if I get up, I mean, I still may get on my computer because it's like, okay, I've got stuff to do, but the TV's not on. I'm not necessarily making coffee or tea. It's like, just get up and get in a zone. And I've looked up and it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's on weekends at least. It's 10 o'clock and I've gotten a full day's worth of stuff done because yes. I didn't have all the distractions and I wasn't yes. stopping and I wasn't texting and tweeting and I'm not looking at, you know, wh- you know, wh- what everybody in the world is doing. I'm zeroed in on what I need to do. It's amazing how productive you can be when you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. so, yeah. So that's where I would leave, you know, at least my thoughts on this for this aspect is you got any final um, the uh, only other thing that I will say, and this is this is what I did, and again, it, it sort of goes back to you know to your best laid plans. But I knew in advance. I think that empty nest opportunity sort of sneaks up on people, and it's like uh-huh. you know how did it sneak up on you? You knew eighteen years ago <laughs> that this day was gonna come. But when my son was going into high school. I developed a five-year plan, not because it was going to be high school for four, for five years, um, but it's like, okay, I've got four years of him being in high school and then the year after that, right? So it's right. like, okay, what am I going to do? What can he and I do to maximize these five years? One, you know, so, you know, there are some specific things. I wanted to spend some quality time with him. So we started, ta- I mean, we would travel before but I think we uh, took a trip to Europe and when he was in the ninth grade and maybe we went to Costa Rica and we, you know, whatever. So we had these uh, sort of mom, what I could sort of consider mommy and me, you know, although he was 16 years old, um, but these mommy and me opportunities, these things that I wanted to do with him while I still could. So that was a part of the plan. It was, then it was in five years, Greer, what do you want to be doing with your life, right? And it's like, I really wanted to do the political thing. So that was, a, that 
undergirded everything that I did for those five years. What does he need to do to be ready to launch on high school on graduation right. day? Right. You know, which included, you know, what is he going to put on his college applications? What is, you know, what are his extracurricular activities? What are his interests? What schools might he want to go to? What, are, you know, and, you know, and then you, we use that time productively so that when we got to graduation and time to head off to college, he would be, you know, relatively set. And for the most part, we did that. And then I had that additional year. Okay, now he's gone. Let me get adjusted. And, and I worked through all of that. The thing that I did not account for was coronavirus, right? So yeah, everything- And in went, your defense, no one did. No one did. And everything just really fell into place. You know, whether it was his uh, getting his Eagle Scout, him learning to cook. Now he's like an amazing chef. I will say he, he was here for those 60 days. I think I gained 20, 10, at least 10 pounds because he was home. He was like cooking up a storm and he's like making some amazing food. Uh, you know, just like, just really different kinds of like culturally diverse. His, his big thing is um, deconstruct is eating something somewhere. And then sort of deconstructing that and figuring mm -hmm. out how to make it, how to make it better, how to make it different, how to make it his own. And he was like making tiki masala and homemade naan. And he's over here making, you know, the, he made the uh, pork belly um, uh, ramen. And he made, you know, just all kinds, just uh, just like really, really good stuff. Fresh, but he baked, baked a pecan pie. He baked lemon meringue pie. You know, and I was just like, and I'm just, oh, I'll, I'll test it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm the guinea pig. I'll eat it. I'll eat it. You know, and I look up and I, it's like, I gained 10, 15 pounds. But anyway, now I'm back to salad and quinoa. But that aside, we're um, just the, the um, setting yourself up for success, just like you would do for your kid, do that for yourself. Where yeah. do you see yourself five years from now or 10 years, you know, whenever you expect to be an empty nester? And it isn't that you don't live in the moment and enjoy the time that you have because you're so worried about that time in the future, but you want to do a combination of both. You want to make sure that you plan in the here and now while you can but you're also taking the steps toward this end goal, which is to be an empty nester and doing it from the perspective of, you know, my kid's not going to be here. What's that going to be like? And then I'm going to be on my own. What's that going to be like? Or right, I'm going to be with right. my partner. My partner and I are going to be alone. And even if you have a partner, if you're married or, you know, living with someone or whatever, whether it's your child's other parent or biological parent or not, you still want to have your own, you know, your- No, you have you to have your own be, identity. Your own and, identity, and your, your relationship, identity yes. yes. And then, yes. you know, so just, and recognize that your partner is gonna have their own identity yes. or should. And then you move from there. But again, other than uh, the coronavirus, which, really just 
you know, it's been an opportunity and I've learned and I've grown and it hasn't been the worst. I mean, the coronavirus itself is the worst, but this time, you know, a lot of people haven't liked it. Um, understandably, the having the shelter in place and all that, I viewed the shelter in place as such an asset because it gave me permission to get off the wheel, right? You off know, the, your hamster wheel. Off the hamster wheel. Yeah. And, you know, I get to blame it on coronavirus. But at the end of the day, it, it gives you an opportunity to sort of get off. I, I view myself like, like, you know, doing jump rope or double dutch and you're trying to jump in. You're yeah. trying to, you know, wait for the, for the, um, for the, the right ropes to be just at the right. right position so you can jump in without messing it all up. And that's sort of how I, that's how I vision, how I envision where I am right now as it relates to coronavirus. It's like, okay, it, it, it slowed things down a little bit, enough for me to sort of catch up. Now I'm getting, you know, I'm ready. I'm getting myself ready to get in there. So that's what I want to say. But no, yeah, I, I, I love peace, that. Solitude and peace. I, I love that. And it's just a reminder of how important having a vision for your life is, yep. right? Reinvent and yourself. Finding, finding the balance between the here and now, living fully in the here and now, while also preparing for the future. And it's not just what you're going to do, it's, it's about who you are becoming, right? Who, who do you become when your children are no longer in the house? Who do you become when, um, you know, it'll be the same thing when you become a grandparent or, you know, get married or whatever it is. There, there is a process of becoming in all of that, that is important to embrace. So um, with that, just want to thank you for, uh, again, for um, joining us for this episode. We would love to hear your feedback. If you've got some experiences that would be relevant and pertinent to this conversation, uh, we'd love to hear them. You can share them on the Anchor FM platform, uh, leave a message for us. You can also join us in the Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. It's called Life Lemons and Lemon Drops. There, you can search for it there and on our website. So uh, thank you again for joining us. And until next time, take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 